Good morning. That was a powerful night last night, wasn't it? It's wonderful to be in, uh, in this, this building last night because the presence of God was so real and to see a man 96 still on fire for God. I've got 26 years to go yet, so. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm so sad I never heard Billy Graham preach. I'll be up for it now on YouTube and uh, all these other things and uh, I just love the anointing that was on that man's life. And uh, I just love the principles in which he built his ministry. You know, if the modern day evangelists could build their, their, their ministries on the same principles that, that Billy Graham and Bev Shee and uh, Grady Wilson and uh, Cliff Barrows, where they met, and can't remember the name of the place, you might remember the name of the place where they met, it was, begins with an M and uh, their manifesto. Right at the start of the, early on in their ministry, they decided they wanted to lay down principles in which the, the Billy Graham uh, crusades would, would, would be run. The first one was integrity. They would always move in honesty. Oh, that some of our modern evangelists that we see in, all over the world would move in integrity. The second one that they thought was accountability. They would be accountable to each other, they'd be accountable to their, 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 uh, their ministry, but above all they'd be accountable to the Lord. The third principle that they laid down was purity. That they would never put themselves in a situation that could be misconstrued. Uh, they would never be alone uh, with a member of the opposite sex without other people being there they wanted to move in absolute purity and the last one was that they moved in utter humility but these principles that, that Billy Graham built into his ministry are so right in fact they're principles that we could build into our lives integrity accountability the purity and humility you know, we wouldn't go far wrong <laughs> building our lives and our ministry on these, uh, on these things. See, two weeks ago, the message I preached here impacted my life so much that for the next two weeks, I lived on that message. I really lived on that message. Just the fact that he knows my name. And I really lived on that message. I would wake up night. Now, I've never heard my spirit singing before. <laughs> don't know if you've heard your spirit singing. But I turned in my bed and I, I, was, still, I was still asleep. But I was hearing my spirit singing. He knows your name. <laughs> he knows your name. And there's just such a joy would come over me. Uh, and so I, I was blessed by being here two weeks ago. And I, I pray that you were blessed too by that word. I'm going to explore more of Luke 22 so if you've got your uh, your Bibles we could maybe turn to uh, these verses again uh, we're praying that God will just uh, take uh, this simple word and, and it might be glorifying to himself that we might know much of all the plans and purposes he has for us uh, Luke 22 and verse 31 again. But, uh, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith not fail, and when you have turned back, 
strengthen your brothers and God will add a blessing again to the reading of his precious word Simon, Simon intimacy Satan has asked to sift you as wheat an introduction to an invisible world a world that we can't see but is in operation at this present time that he might sift you as wheat he wants to intervene in your life Satan is desperate to have an intervention into your life but I have paid for you intercession Jesus is ever the one who intercedes at the right hand of God and when you return strengthen your brothers Jesus is interested that we fulfill the destiny that was written for us and I want to end on that this morning because I believe that God wants to minister in here I had a picture in my, in my spirit this morning of the, of, of the work that God wants to do in this fellowship this morning and I'm just going to leave it with the Holy Spirit uh, I'm not going to force it I'm just going to leave it with the Holy Spirit but at the end I want to just minister to you that out of failure comes the fulfilment of your destiny I'm so thankful this morning that God gives us a second chance Amen I love to know that God is the God of the second chance because if God wasn't the God of the second chance I wouldn't be here I wouldn't be standing here this morning but he's a God of all patience and the God of all understanding Simon, Simon I want to just you know isn't it wonderful that he knows our name and isn't it wonderful this morning that we are in an intimate relationship with the sovereign God the God who spoke worlds into being the God who rules over all the God who knows all about everything and controls everything he also wants an intimate relationship with you and with me he takes the time to build that relationship and you know how often he, he at times is far more anxious for that relationship to flourish than we are because we get so tied up in life we get so tied up with uh, with uh, situations and with whatever we're going through that we sometimes tend to forget that God should be our first port of call and not our last resort that when these things come we know we have an intimate relationship with him isn't that wonderful to know that we've got an intimate that he wants us to be in that intimate relationship with him that our name is known in heaven come on isn't, isn't that great isn't that wonderful this morning to know that our name is known in heaven but why because Jesus is praying your name and we'll come to that Jesus is praying your name you are known in heaven this morning that wonderful verse in, in Ephesians chapter 1 where it said blessed be the God and Father for Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places you know the Greek word for that is where we get the English word eulogy now we, now we know that when we go and we give a eulogy it's usually at the, at, the, at, the, at the funeral service of someone who's passed away but Jesus and it's usually that we speak well of the person that has passed on you know and so we speak well of the person and our eulogy of the person we've known and loved and who, lo- who no, no longer is with us but that word blessed 
is the same word that we use for eulogy. So I want to tell you this morning that Jesus speaks well of you in heaven. Amen? Come on. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. It tells us that Jesus eulogizes over you and over me. Amen. Come on. Praise God for that this morning. That he speaks well of you in heaven. Because you're one of his family, you're one of his sheep, you're one of, you're part of his body, and you are so precious to Jesus this morning. I want to emphasize that into your life this morning, that you are so precious this morning, that Jesus eulogizes over you, he speaks well of you in heaven. He speaks about Liz, you know, and he speaks about Sandy there, uh, and he speaks about Graham, uh, and he speaks about Bill, uh, and all the other names, and he speaks well of you, he eulogizes over you, he blesses you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Isn't it wonderful to have this intimate relationship with Jesus Christ? That no matter what the circumstances are of life, we are above that in Christ because we're seated where we're seated where He's seated. We're seated in heavenly places, and He blesses us. He eulogizes over us. He speaks well of us. Amen. Oh God, I, I could just stop there and just just bask in that this morning. That my Savior is speaking well of me in heaven. I would like to spend more time on that, but I want to move on because I want to explore this verse a wee bit more. But I also want to tell you, the opposite side of that coin, if you're known in heaven, you're also known in hell. You know, you're not only, if you're known in heaven, I want to tell you, you're also known in hell. And Satan detests the fact that you are now a child of God. He is so angry that you have come over out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of God and his every effort is to drag you back into his kingdom he tries to bring you back with lies and with with everything that he throws at you he wants to bring you back Simon, Simon and we have an introduction to an invisible world see there is another world that we can't see this morning there's another world in this room this morning that we can't see but it's operating the spirit world is operating even in this room this morning and Satan is trying his hardest even at this moment to destroy the word of God that's coming. He is trying his hardest to put things into your mind that will distract you from what the word of God is saying. He'll tell you this morning, yeah, that's okay, but he always brings in a but. You know, I love the buts of God, but Satan is always the one who brings in the but. You know, I, I was preaching recently on the, on, the, on the 12 spies who were sent out to look into Canaan. And they came back with this wonderful report. They actually started saying that everything that God says about this land is true. Isn't that wonderful? Everything that God says about this land is true. And then the 10 says, but. And that but changed the history, changed the destiny, changed the direction of 630,000 men. Because they died in the wilderness because they believed the but of the enemy. You see, the enemy is trying to put a but into your life this morning to tell you that what you're hearing is not necessarily true. It might be true that God has said it, but it might not be true in your experience. And 630,000 men, according to the Bible, died in the wilderness because they believed the butt of Satan. And that's sad. And so Satan is asking for you. 
You know, there is another world. Elisha saw it, didn't he? You know, uh, that uh, king of Aram, he was anxious to get to Elisha to kill him. Because every move that he made, Elisha was telling the king of Israel what was happening. He even said, everything you say in your bedroom, Elisha knows and tells the king of Israel. So Elisha was in touch with this invisible world. And the king of Aram sent all these men to go and capture Elisha at at, uh, Dotham. And when they all came and they were surrounding where Elisha was, he came out in the morning, his servant, and said, Look, Elisha, look at all these people who have come to actually get you and to capture you. And Elisha said, They that are for us are far greater than they that are against us. God, did you open his eyes? And when Elisha's servant had his eyes open, he saw the invisible world. He saw the angels of the Lord encamped around those who love him. Isn't that wonderful? That we have the angels of the Lord encamped around about us. The enemy is trying to steal. He's a killer. He's a thief. He's a robber. He's trying his hardest in here this morning to turn you off, to get your mind on other things. He's trying to destroy the word of God in your life this morning. But we're not going to allow that, are we? We are determined to hear the word of God and to act in it and to respond to it. There's not going to be a butt of Satan here this morning that's going to destroy what the word of God is saying to build you up. And so when the Elisha asked for the eyes of the servant to open, he saw that the hills around were surrounded by <laughs> the armies of the Lord. Amen. I experienced that in Shetland. I may have shared it with you, I don't know. But we were up in, in Shetland uh, earlier this year. No, it was last year. It, was, it, it, it wasn't the last visit to Shetland. It was the time before. So it would be last year. About this now, we were up in Shetland. And we were going to pray a, a, a gateway between the, the mainland and the north mainland. And there's a lot of witchcraft in, in, in the North Mainland, a lot of things that go on that is anti-God. And so we went up there to pray at, the, at this gate. The actual place name means gate. And so there was about six years went up to, the, to pray at this gate. And we, 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 we had communion. We, we got into, into a, a group. It's all the place in the British Isles where you can throw a stone from the North Sea to the, over to the, the, the Atlantic Ocean. It, it's a point where it, it narrows right down. And if you've got strong arms, I couldn't do it. But it has been done. That stone has been thrown from the North Sea over to the, the Atlantic Ocean. And we had just an amazing time of communion. And as I so it finished doing communion and praying the rest had their heads bowed and I opened up my eyes and there standing around their group was an angel he had his arms right round the whole group didn't make out any features but I knew there was a presence of an angel and his arms were all round about us at that moment an evil man walked into our midst he had been standing up in the hill, long black coat, big beard, red scarf, and he walked right in our midst and walked right through us. And I thought maybe he was come to maybe scatter ashes on the on, on the water. But he was but there was a sense of evil. And it was almost as if God had prepared us with the protection of that angel. 
that we stood back and we let him do and he was casting stuff in the water he was actually casting stuff in the water witchcraft and so when he he never spoke to us and he went he went up to, up, up, up to the up to the wee hill again and they stood the group stood and, and they watched us they were wanting us to go but we had oil and salt with us so we went down to the water and we cast oil in the water and we cast salt in the water and we prayed that whatever had been spread there would be dispersed it would be disbanded it would have no power on that water whatsoever and I looked up at that moment now this is a very isolated place really isolated if you've been in Shetland you'll know it's an isolated place uh, Mervyn Grunge I think is, uh, is the name of the place and, and in Scandinavia it means gateway and right round right round all these mountains I saw the sun glinting on metal and I believe that the armies of the Lord were and camped round about us and we were seeing the sun actually landing on their swords and out of that midst came the most beautiful sounding shofar I have ever heard now there's nobody near us we were isolated and yet we heard the most amazing sound of a shofar being blowing three times and we knew that we were standing in the very presence of God you know there is another world there is another world that is, that is really uh, either for good or for evil. I don't know if you've ever read any of these books about, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of them now. Uh, it's about the darkness. What's uh, 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 that book? The Spreads in Darkness. Anybody ever, ever read that book? It's quite interesting. It is fiction, but it's quite interesting. It shows you the battle that's going on in the spirit world. And so Jesus is introducing us that there is another world. He says, Satan has asked for you. And it puts you back to Job, doesn't it? Where Job is, uh, where uh, God calls the angels to come into his presence and Satan comes with them. And God says to Satan, where have you come from? He says, I've been going to and fro throughout the whole earth. And that's where Job came into the picture. And he got permission to touch Job except his life. So there is another world. And here is Jesus saying about Simon, Satan has, now the word, the Greek word, he's demanded you. Now also that you, if there are any Greek scholars in your, in their midst this morning, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I like to look at Greek. They, they have three things in the Greek. They have the singular, they have the, the, the dual, and they have the plural. Uh, one is singular, dual is two, and plural is more than two. So when Jesus was speaking that morning, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded you. He was not speaking that you as a singular. He was speaking about those that were following Jesus. He's demanded you all. He wants to shake you as sweet. He wants to test your faith. He wants to sift you. And boy, at times, we certainly get sifted, don't we? <laughs> Our faith is tried and tested, but out of it comes uh, a foundation of, of, uh, of, of sort of faithfulness when our faith is shaken and sifted I don't want to go on about that anymore but there is another world the introduction to another world that the evil spirits are able to speak uh, and ask for your life that your faith might be tested And Satan then wants to intervene in your life to do that. 
But Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded you that he might sift you his feet, but I have paid for you. Amen? He didn't just say, I have paid for you. He said, but I have paid for you, Simon. You know, we spoke last week, or two weeks ago, about the importance of names. Is that right? Has Graham lived up to his promise, Nicola? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> he was getting the two-week test. He's not here, so I can't. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Have you all lived up to the promise? Yes. Yep. That you say a person's name because it brings, it brings importance to the person you're speaking about. <laughs> Simon, Simon, I have Satan has asked for you that he might sift you as feet, but I have prayed for you I have interceded for you and what Jesus started in Simon's life he continued in that wonderful prayer before he went to the cross in John chapter 17 which is the real Lord's prayer and he continues that where? he continues that in heaven he's still the one who's interceding amen he ever lives to intercede for you and for me. Come on, isn't that precious? And this morning, whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, Jesus is praying. <laughs> Jesus is praying that you might come through whatever circumstance you're in. At that present time, Jesus intercedes. He prays. He brings his presence right into the circumstance in which we find ourselves in. What's he praying this morning? <laughs> what do you think Jesus is praying for you this morning? I have prayed for you, Simon. He lives that he, or he ever lives to intercede for you and for me. Romans chapter 8 speaks about the intercession at the right hand of the Father in heaven. What a wonderful saviour you have. You know, it is the same like boys go on with it and I'll see you when you get to heaven. No, he is constantly with us and he's constantly interceding for us day after day after day because Hebrews 7 tells us that forever he lives to intercede for you and for me. I know it's precious this morning that Jesus is interceding for me. I'm going to share a bit of personal testimony here. I didn't know if I would do that. Maybe I've shared it before. I remember in 1994, I went out for a walk with a dog one night. And I was in a situation which I could not see a way out. I could not see an end to it. I couldn't see how it could work out. And I was in that place that night with walking with my dog. I remember my prayer that night was, God, I can't see an answer to this. I can't see about, if the only way out is for you to take me home tonight, would you do it? So I was praying for death. I was praying that that night I would go to sleep and I would not wake up. Because I couldn't see a way out of where I was. I couldn't see an answer. And I prayed that night, God, would you take me home tonight? Because it's the only way that I can see or get out of this situation. And I was praying for death. But the interceder in heaven was praying for life, amen. Because he, he said, no, you're not gonna, I'm not going to take you home because you've still got a life to live. You've still got plans to work out. You've still got your destiny to reach. And when I'm praying for death, my intercessor was praying for life. 
Amen. And I woke up that next morning and I was still alive. And that day God put in, into effect the answer to the prayer that I couldn't see a way out of that night. But as I was praying for death, Jesus at the right hand of the Father was praying for life. And I got that life. And God has taken me on an adventure. And this is 1990. It took about two and a half years for the answer to work its way through. And these two and a half years were probably the darkest two and a half years of my life. But I knew there was an answer at the end. I knew my intercessor had interceded for life. I remember being in the people's church in Falkirk. In about June 1997. And I remember going out that people's church that night and I picked up a book. A free book. And I went home and I, I put it on the table and I went to bed. And just after midnight, I was awakened. And just that inner voice saying, Bert, get up and read the book that you brought out of the people's church tonight. So I got up and I picked up the book and it was Word for Today. Now I had never heard the Word for Today. But it was an old one. It was, it was about three months out of date. And I was disappointed. Really, I was disappointed. I waited to put it back down. And just that same voice when they go to the first month of the date it is today. Now it just changed. It was midnight. And it had just changed. And so I opened up to the first month. And to the date it was. It had just changed to that date. And it was Isaiah 43. See, this was God answering the prayer that I prayed away back. When I prayed for death, he was praying for life. I love you. And you are precious in my sight. You know, I broke down and wept. I fell on my knees that night, just past midnight, and I wept. God, you love me. Despite what I've come through. Despite the darkness I've been in. Despite what I have. You love me. I love you. And you're precious in my sight. And I just wept before God. And then it says, read on, read on. And I got to that verse, I think it was verse 11 or 12. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. I'm going to do something new in your life and I want you to see it. And I'm going to make a way for you in this wilderness. And I'm going to give you streams in the desert. Amen. What a glorious, wonderful saviour and God will have. Amen. But here he's telling me that I had prayed for death, but he was telling me he was going to do something new in my life. And maybe this is what's happening this morning. Maybe you feel you've reached a stage where you're, the heat of, the, of uh, how you follow Jesus is waning. It might be that you've, you've reached a, a place where you just you carry out the, 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 the notions of being a Christian. You've lost the, the fire, you've lost the zeal, you've lost the edge. And maybe God is saying to you this morning, I want you to forget the former things, don't dwell on the past. You see, the past is the, dest the destroyer of the present and the future. Because Satan knows how to use the past to destroy you. 
That invisible world we're speaking about, he knows how to use the past to destroy you. He's the greatest video player in the world. He knows when it's, when it's, he knows when to press the play button, doesn't he? Jesus says, I'll pay for you, Simon. And I've had an intentional prayer for you. You see, it's not just an everyday general prayer. It's just, he prays intentionally because he knows what prayer he wants to be answered in your life. You see, Jesus said when he was here, my father always hears me. So every prayer that Jesus prayed is heard and is answered. Amen. And whatever prayer he's praying about you this morning it is heard by the Father because everything that Jesus prays is heard and is, is answered. Amen. It is answered. <laughs> oh God, you're so wonderfully glorious. Because if, I, if God had answered my prayer, I wouldn't be here tonight. I wouldn't have married Jenny. I wouldn't have been on this adventure with God which started that very night that I got down on my knees and broke because he told me he loved me and I was precious in his sight and I wasn't to dwell on the past I was to forget the former things he was going to do something new in my life he was going to make a way for me in the wilderness and he was going to give me streams in the desert I prayed that night because I couldn't see a way forward but in 1997 he showed me the way forward and he took me on an adventure that I'm still on today. I've never left the roller coaster of the adventure of God that he brought life into my life again. Because he was interceding at God's right hand for me. And his prayer was life. Where mine had been death. And when you return, you're going to fail, Peter. Because you read the next verse, Peter says, No, I'll, I'll, I'll go wherever I'll go today, I'll go. Peter, you're going to fail. You're going to fail, Peter, before the cock crows three times, you're going to deny me. You're going to fall away, Peter, but I've prayed intensely for you that your faith will not fail. It might slip. But it's not going to fail, Peter. And when you come back from your failure, I have still got work for you to do. How wonderful is that this morning? That despite our failure, despite where we've been, despite what we've done, God still has a plan and a purpose that he wants to fulfill in your life. So Peter, when you come back, when you come back from failure, when you come back and repent, I love that when Jesus says, go tell my disciples, and Peter, go tell my disciples and Peter that I've risen from the dead. Go tell my disciples and Peter. And Peter, when you return, when you are converted, when you have repented, when you have come back, I'm still interested that you fulfill the destiny that God has written for you, man. Come on. <laughs> A wonderful God. What a glorious God, what wonderful grace, what wonderful patience, what wonderful love. That failure is not final with him. Failure is not final. If failure had been final, the church would never have been birthed. Because every one of the people that, that Jesus went after in his resurrection had all failed him. The doubter, the deceiver, the, 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 the denier, the downcast. We thought these two wrote to Emmaus. We thought, we thought, we thought that this was him. Unless I see the print of his nails in hand, I won't believe. I don't know this man. I've nothing to do with this man. And Jesus and his resurrection went after every one of the failures. 
They all went a-fishing. And who's on the shore making breakfast for them? But Jesus. Isn't it wonderful that he went after if, if, if failure was final, the church would never have been birthed. Because every one of these early disciples failed right at the cross. But Jesus went after them. And he brought them back into his plans and back into his purposes because he's interested that you, like these disciples, fulfill the destiny that God has planned for you. Amen. Isn't that wonderful verse in it? Simon, Simon, intimacy. Satan has asked for you. Introduction to an invisible world. That he might sift you his feet. He wants to intervene in your life. But I have prayed for you. The intercession of the Saviour. And when you return, strengthen your brethren. That is the interest that Jesus has. That you fulfil everything that God has written in his book about you. I want us to... I'm going to close here now. And I'm not going to ask people to come out for prayer. I haven't been doing that recently because I think this is, this is personal with you and God. The response that you want to give this morning has got nothing to do with me. It's all to do with God working in your life. But I want to tell you this morning that I had a picture in my spirit this morning of what God was wanting to do this morning. He was wanting to bring you into that understanding that no matter what your failure is, that he's still interested that you fulfill the plans and purposes that God wrote for you before you were even born or conceived. That's how great our God is. I want to read something that Alec Russell wrote in his wonderful book, Hope Within Reach. We sometimes think hope is not within our reach. But this is what he wrote. Looking back over the years to significant moments in our past is never a fruitless exercise. Such recollections form a museum of memories that we enjoy retelling until a gentle child reminds us that others have heard the story before. For many others, however, such an exercise into the past is to revisit painful memories that recall missed opportunities or actions that have turned out to be gross errors or judgments, sometimes with tragic consequences. Such feelings can make life so full of regrets that the determination to make a new start has dissipated somewhere in the dim and distant past. Hope, it seems, is nowhere on the horizon. Thankfully, such a negative picture can be wonderfully transformed as we see how the past can be redeemed, the present recharged, and the future worth living for and looking forward to. And these amazing words that Alex wrote, what do you want to lay at the feet of Jesus this morning? This is your opportunity, no matter what it is, whether it's missed opportunities, regrets, failures, guilt, whatever it is, Jesus has given you the opportunity this morning just to come and lay it. All that I have, everything that I have that's holding me back, everything that is destroying my present and my future, everything I have, I want to come and I want to lay it at the feet of the wonderful Saviour who loves me. It might be this morning he's asking for your time. It might be this morning he's asking that the gifts that he's given you might be exercised in a new way, in an exciting way. Maybe you've let the gifts that God's given you just be dimmed, and maybe he wants to spark them into flame this morning, that the, the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you this morning would be sparked back into flame this morning. All that I have, I lay at the feet of the wonderful Saviour. Let us just take this opportunity 
in the quietness of these moments just to fulfill what that chorus is saying that we lay it all at his feet knowing that you'll accept us <laughs> and give us his life to fulfill the destiny that's yours and it's mine may God bless you in Jesus name Amen